0: Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth presented by Sioux Nation in Fort Pier and by Kimball Livestock Exchange. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra. My guest today is Ed Elfman, the Senior Vice President of Agriculture and Rural Policy for the American Bankers Association. You'll hear from him after this.
1: Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on cattle usa visit kimballlivestockexchange.com to view upcoming sale information for more sale information or to consign call the barn at 605-778-6211 chat at 605-870-0697 or wade at 605-730-1801
0: Agriculture stakeholders had hoped to get a new farm bill written and passed in 2023. While that didn't happen, United States President Joe Biden did sign a one-year extension that includes funding for farm programs and some food assistance programs through September of 2024. Elfman says having a farm bill in place at the end of 2023 was critical.
2: Because if we hit January 1 we don't have a farm bill, that causes a lot of problems in our world. In the loan program side of the world, the USDA, they run out of money. We always talk about permanent law and everything. everything that means so if you get past January 1 and your corn is now worth $20 a bushel on a loan that's a problem from a from a banking standpoint so we're glad to see the farm bill get through we're a little disappointed though because we have some priorities we want to get done like everybody does in a farm bill for us it's on the credit title side of the world the farm service agency guaranteed loan programs we'd like to see those increased we'd like ownership to go to 3.5 million operating go to 3 million why Ag costs more. Every single year it costs more, and we need those guaranteed programs to reflect what the agricultural environment actually looks like. And additionally, and leads into my second thing we care about on the beginning farmer side of the world, it's harder and harder to buy that first piece of property. So if our guaranteed loan programs have higher limits and better reflect what ag looks like, it makes it easier for our beginning farmers to obtain that credit they need to get into farming and ranching and go from there. The other thing on the beginning farmer side of the world, 50 years ago your family put the farm in a trust. Now you want to go get a beginning farmer loan and you can't. That's a problem, well you can, but you have to ask every single person in the trust, right. well, do they approve it, do they not, all that stuff. That's a barrier to entry. And we want to remove barriers to entry for beginning farmers and ranchers. And we need to have it easier to use those programs. It can't take six months or a year to get that loan done. It needs to move fast because you're either trying to buy land or you're trying to finance equipment and just carry on what you're doing. A couple other things for us. Rural development's a big deal. Um, I'm from a town of 1,500 people with a dead main street. I know what that looks like. And we need to make sure that we have a good rural development set up and make those loans easier to use, easier to obtain, all those things because we need to keep bringing young people back to rural America. And we need to keep rural America strong. And one way to do it is have good access to credit, right? The last thing I would say it's a priority for us is technology at USDA. Our programs from the banking side don't talk well with the USDA programs because they're just they have like 30 year old systems, 40 year old system. I mean DOS is great. Windows 98 was great, but the world's moved on, right? So we need to make sure that USDA has the technology they need to better interact with our interfaces so we can make loans faster, we can be more efficient, all the things that, basically everything you talk about in business, create more efficiency and move things faster.
0: How do we get USDA there?
2: Money. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And where does that come from? Yeah, exactly. Well, as Chairman Thompson says, uh, we have to dig under every rock in D.C. to find money. But at the end of the day, I think there's ways they can do it within the current budgets it's really reallocating and making sure that funds go where they need to go right that it goes to the right people that it goes to the right departments Um, there's some programs that are really underutilized that are well funded and then there's some that are overutilized and underfunded so we just need to balance that out at the end of the day we're not offering specifics from the banking standpoint because that's congress for congress to figure out but we are supportive of figuring that solution out
0: Interest rates—is that impacting? And if so, how is that impacting what you and the bankers are able to do and willing to do, especially with some of these beginning farmers? You know, you're you're not getting in at those sweet interest rates anymore.
2: Yeah, I mean, the rising interest rate environment is an interesting thing for us to work through. Um, it is what it is, right? There's only so much we can do about it, but we are working and have worked with some others on a piece of legislation called the Acre Act access to credit for our Rural Economy Act, what that would do is remove the taxation on farm, taxation on income earned from interest. It's not a great bumper sticker, but (laughs) that's what it does. Um, On farm real estate, rural housing, and aquaculture. But what that would ultimately do, from our analysis, is lower interest rates 50 to 150 basis points. Because when you put together an interest rate, it's cost and it's risk. So if we can lower the cost side, we can lower the interest rate. So that's one way we're going to try to fight the interest rate, rising interest rate environment. The other thing with Acre, it's got 46 co-sponsors in the House. It's just starting to work through the Senate as well. It's bipartisan. It's bicameral. Um, But access to credit is a huge issue in rural America. It really is. And we need to do everything we can to lower that cost of credit and provide it to as many people as possible.
0: Is there an upside to the, the rising interest rates as far as getting loans or, or lines, of, lines of credit? Or is it very dependent upon each individual operation? And what you're doing?
2: It's dependent on your individual operations and your individual banks, right? Every single bank operates differently. I and mean, changes CD rates if you want to keep money in, in a bank and different things like that. But at the end of the day, I think the big difference farmers will see when they go in because of the rising interest rate environment. There's gonna be more requests for documentation, making sure that they have everything lined up the way it needs to be lined up. And it's not that the banker doesn't want to work with the farmer, let's be very clear about that. But rather they got to make sure that all their ducks are in a row. Because anytime you have changes to how you do lending or cost of lending, you got to make sure that everything is lined up correctly. So that would I would just say to your farmers and ranchers out there, Don't be upset if you're asked for additional documentation. It's not that anything really changed for the relationship. It's just that we're trying to make sure everybody's in the right place at the end of the day.
1: Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you, but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, Aeroquip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. Aeroquip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierce, South Dakota.
0: Are you seeing a difference in how some of the smaller, independent, locally owned banks are able to function through the interest rates and and things versus maybe some of the larger, bigger banks that are more national? or is, is it, you know, a bank's a bank and y'all just got to do it?
2: Again, every bank operates differently. They operate in different networks. Um, I think the big thing is you have to tailor to your situation and where you are. Um, I mean, if you're in heavy dairy country and milk prices change, that's a lot different than if you're in corn country and corn prices change, right? So every bank always operates within their area. And this is just another thing we have to work through. Um Larger institutions have some issues they have to work through, smaller institutions have issues they need to work through. At the end of the day it's it's making sure that we can provide credit to our customers in the way that helps them the most.
0: Is it important and if so, how important is just that general relationship between a producer and their banker? Just being able to sit down, have a cup of coffee and you know and, and chat. Is that still important? in in this digital modern day day and age?
2: I think it's more important than ever before. Um, You know, we always joke, there's the six C's of credit, but there's also the three C's of credit. Communicate, 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 right? So farmers and ranchers need to make sure they're talking to their lender and they they understand each other and what they're trying to do. Um, A banker wants to know what's going on on your operation so they can anticipate anything that might happen in the future but also making sure that you are set up for success at the end of the day, right? So I would say it's more important than ever to go in and talk, especially if you want to make any change. You want to build a new grain bin, you should go probably talk to your banker and make sure it fits the, big, the overall plan, right? And that's probably the big change we're going to see over the next couple of years here is, and we have seen for a while, farmers becoming better business managers. And as better business managers, you have to make sure those lines of communication are open so that everybody's on the same page, um, go to any of your favorite publications, and one of the articles they have almost every month: how to build a team around the farmer, right? And the banker is always one of those team members. So make sure they're in the loop. What's going on? The accountant knows what's going on. The lawyers knows what's going on. And if you're all working together, at the end of the day, you'll be much more successful.
0: We've touched on um, new farm getting credit and things in for new farmers trying to get in. What advice or thoughts do you have right now for folks that are maybe at that stage where they're slowly transitioning from one generation to the next?
2: I would say if you can find someone to work with in the future, that's great. Try to, try to help that next generation. Um, my family's going through that a little bit. My dad's in his 60s. My brother's in his early 30s. Um, they're working together trying to figure out what that is. Have a good succession plan. Clearly in writing. One thing we talked about on our operation, my dad was like, we're going to split the 300 acres between the four boys. I was like, no, parcel it, right? Figure things like that out. Make sure, again, that your banker knows what your plans are and what that looks like. Um, And I would say as you work your way out, um, make sure that you set that next generation up for success, right? Be willing to be a teacher, Um, Give them the lessons learned and some of those types of things. And I think that's going to go a long way. And also, don't be shocked when they do things differently. Our next generation of farmers are going to use technology in a way that previous generations haven't. But my grandfather raked hay with a horse. So a farm L.M. was a big deal. My brother has an iPad in the tractor with him. And my grandpa would have thought he's crazy for he, doing that. And he
0: doesn't even have to steer.
2: Right, right. You know, that's, that's the only reason they allow me to run equipment anymore is because I don't have to steer it much. But the, when you start looking at all those types of things, that next generation is going to come in with new ideas, new ways to do it, and it's not a bad thing. Um, what's going to be real interesting to me is farms that have continued to expand in size, are we going to see a consolidation a lot more smaller farms come through because of costs? And because of things, you know, are we going to have more specialized agriculture in some places? We might, um, I, but if you're not generational and you're going to try to jump into a 5,000-acre farm, that's pretty tough. But you can go start 100 acres, and maybe you're more specialized, and we'll see what the, what happens in that. So I'm watching some of those trends closely myself as well. And right now, like 9% of, uh, 9% of the farms in the country are 66% of the production. So does that continue to go that way or not and bankers were watching that and what that means for us as an industry Make sure that farmers and ranchers out there i 've said this many times communicate, communicate, communicate make sure you 're talking to your banker about what your plans are what your goals are and that 's actually one piece of advice I heard during our conference last week set goals what are your goals what 's your five your one year your five year your ten year. And then make sure your lender knows what your goals are and you can work together to achieve those.
0: With Agriculture In-Depth brought to you by Sioux Nation and Fort Pierre and by Kimball Livestock Exchange, I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.